here we go. The Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's P.D. Williams. What's going on, my Canadian friend? How's she going, eh? Happy uh, Patriots Week. Yeah, coming up. And you know you know what, Dennis? I like the, the raspiness in your voice. I like that intro better than the usual. I mean, I think you should stick with that. That was good. That was really good. Truth be told, between me and you, can I can I throw something out on Front Street? Yeah. I, I didn't tell you this, and I almost did this. Maybe I'll save it for a different time, but I almost played the uh, the New Age Outlaw scene song, and I'd be like, oh, you didn't know? You better pod <laughs> someone. That, that, that might be trademarked, so it's a good thing you didn't. I mean, I don't know. But that'd be awesome if we got like a – uh, would the Bucks get like a cease and desist? That'd be awesome if we got a cease and desist. I'm really. I'd love to have a cease and desist because we would just cease and desist, and I'm... that would be that. But we still got it on our podcast. Can I tell you? I want a cease and desist from Impact from your own company. <laughs> to cease you know and what? Desist you can't us. playing that uh, that music because it's public domain because it's the Canadian national anthem. Even though uh, Dale Oliver put that guitar riff at the beginning, it's still ripping off. Oh, Canada. So, I mean, it's the. Uh, we, we would never get a cease and desist. From here on out, I'm going to start using Trevor Lee's music. Um, yeah. Any other music would probably be. Uh, would get a cease and desist. We, if, if they wanted to do that, hey, PD, we know you work for us and you're trying to promote our company, but you got to cease and desist this. Oh, all right. Listen. Any other podcast host, we let you do it, but we really don't like Dennis Farrell. <laughs> yeah, Pete, you can press play. Dennis can't. Yeah, he all can't right? even be in the room while the music's played. <laughs> you can pause it. He can come back in. It's all right, but we need documentation to show that he's nowhere around. We hate him that much. <laughs> oh, man. All of a sudden, Impact hates you, apparently. Right? You know what? Mate, that is a story for another time when yeah. when I get – look, I won't tell the whole story. I won't tell any of the story. I'm going to tease it, and we may talk about yeah. it. We may not. But I, Dennis Farrell is a little butthurt, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and I mean we'll just see how it all plays out in the end, I guess, right? Dennis Farrell is a little butthurt. That's all I'm going to say. I, all right. And we're going to leave it. Hey, 4th of July what? week, programming note, we will not have a Wrestling Perspective podcast. You also heard it on the Dugcast with James Ellsworth. We are taking the week off. And James threw me under the bus and said it was my decision. He would love the podcast, but I'm taking the week off. So, there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 4th of July, and it's also Canada Day. So, I mean, we have a lot of uh, independence... Um, weeks and patriotism going on that week. So, yeah, let's just uh, party, drink it up, and not podcast. I guess uh, maybe we'll post a oh, – we should do a best of. No, that, that's too much work on a holiday, Dennis. Why did I just say that? Well, People are probably going to be like, yeah, let's do a best of now. Thanks, bud. You, you're now commit because you're not going to splice. All, are you going to go through all the podcasts and, and find all the good uh, stuff that you want? Sometimes I think when they do best ofs, they're just like, okay, let's go back uh, 26 weeks. That's a good number. Okay, let's post that one. Yeah, not 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 with us because no. that's not how I do it. But, yes, no podcast. We are planning to have something put out that week, not with us. I believe it's going to be our good friend Russ and Sharpshooter Steve. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. But – we will have some sort of content for you, but don't 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 expect expect it from us. You know our contracts say some holidays off. Yeah, uh, I think we get all the uh, U.S. holidays um, and uh, the civic holiday as well. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I don't know. That was mildly interesting. Yeah. 
<laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. I, you know what? Can I say I also just ripped that off? I've, I I was just telling you before we were recording that I was watching this David Letterman thing on Netflix, which is one. It's quickly becoming one of my favorites. I watched the Howard Stern, which. Quite frankly, I'm not a Howard Stern guy. I was never a big fan of his on the uh, when he was on the radio. I don't listen to him on my terrestrial, uh, even though I have it saved. And it came from when I bought the car. It was already saved there, and I'm just too lazy to switch it out. But after this David Letterman uh, Netflixing, I really liked Howard Stern. I'm, I'm going to have to watch. And, you know, I – and this will probably, like, show our age and stuff, but I was always – a David Letterman fan, like back when he was doing uh, the late show and like it, you were either a tonight show or a late show guy. You're either a Leno guy or a Letterman guy. And yeah. I was always a Letterman guy. Even, even though Leno seemed like he had a better, better guess, better show, more flow and stuff. Letterman, I just thought was genuinely just more funny. I, that, that's what I believe. I, what, what side were you on? I, I too was a Letterman guy. I loved his yeah. awkwardness. I love yes. And some, I try to do it with you sometimes, but I love how he deadpans some of his guests where they might say something and he just no-sells the joke. Yeah. Oh, it, he it, is it, the greatest at that. You know, one of my favorites was when he did Joaquin Phoenix, uh, when he was transitioning from being an actor into wanting to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. And Letterman was just like burying him like right on. I, I think it was all an act in the end, but man, it was so awkward and it was such good television it it, it was great i loved it well we've successfully gone seven minutes into this podcast and not talked a single word about wrestling congratulations um letterman leno 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 was in uh, wcw right so i mean we mentioned him yeah that's like the bastard cousin (laughs) all right (laughs) let's talk some wrestling then since we're here on the Wrestling Perspective Podcast, let's talk some wrestling. Let's start out with the Impact tapings. The St. Clair College shows are now finally being aired on Pop TV. Tonight, Thursday night, was the first show. I tell you, it's kind of cool watching them now put it together, which they shoot it so out of order. And mm-hmm. to put it together, I, I don't. I can remember when I start watching it, but it's still exciting from being there live to watching on TV to see what the finished product was like. Yeah, and I, I thought it was good. I don't know. See, I don't watch it when it airs on Pop TV. I get the like the the, the pre screening one. So the my one gripe with it is Oh, hang uh, on, like hang it, on, hang on. What, I'm PD Williams. I get to watch the shows before hey. they even air. But let me tell you what I'm gonna complain about. Yeah, well, hey, I got to you got to you got to pre-screen them. I remember one of my first pre-screening, I'm like, "Hey, um is this the final product?" and they're like, "No." And I'm like, "Okay, well, first off, Josh Matthews is saying that coming up uh it was I, I can't remember the match, but this is the main event." And I'm like, "Uh it's actually not the main event. You guys keep saying it's the main event. The main event's actually this." And they're like, "Oh, okay, good. What we'll edit that out." And they forgot to bleep a swear word. I mean, like just uh, just little things. So I, I like to watch it to make sure that the product's good. Anyways, um, and I like to watch it before. You know, I mean, I'm just – whatever, Dennis. Anyways, my one gripe, all right, getting back to this. My one gripe is that – well, you were there. You remember how hot the crowd was and how loud they were? And you're like, man, this is going to come across great on television. Yes. Like for whatever reason, um, I don't know how it comes across on, on television tonight, but it, it seems like the crowd is kind of like uh, – like the audible's down on it. Um, I, I just remember it being like a lot louder when I was there. Um, but other than that, I mean, uh, I guess that if that's my only grape. I mean, just the mixing of the sound, uh, that's it. And, oh, one of my favorites. And I don't know if they, I don't know if they switch this. Um, but they, your, your best friend, Desmond Xavier. Yes. Um, the ring announcer calls him Desmond Xavier. And I'm like, What? So I went back to rewind it. I'm like, did he just say Desmond Xavier? I'm like, yep, Desmond Xavier. So can let's I, see if that one slipped through the cracks. Can Can I have one more moment of honesty with you? Yeah. When we interviewed him, we interviewed him after that moment. And as I hit record, 
it was fresh in my mind and I was worried that this whole time, my whole life, I've been missaying his last name. So that's how I introed him on the podcast. If you go back and listen to that interview, I'm like, it's uh, Desmond Xavier. Oh, well, I mean, I guess you can. I always thought maybe I'm wrong. Maybe his name is Desmond Xavier. No, it's not. It's Desmond Xavier. It's got to be. I mean, that's how you spell Xavier. That, um, I thought so too, but when the reannouncer did it, and I'm and I'm hitting play, I'm like, oh no! Now he thinks <laughs> I'm an idiot. I mean, well, no, as he should. I, I mean, it's such it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's so minute. But when you hear it, you just. I mean, it's a little joys in life. I like when people make little mess ups and stuff like that. I'm like, that's funny in my own little twisted way or whatever. Um, yeah, but um, I'm trying to think of like other little things that I that I caught because you know, like you know, when we're filming there, so now we have, you know, a whole new like ring announcer, and you know, we have like another referee that's not one of like you know, we have multiple referees, but one of them we don't usually use, and then different like uh, you know, camera crew and all that kind of stuff, just because you know it cuts on travel costs and everything like that. So um, there, there's obviously going to be hiccups, and that's. That's that's normal, I guess. It's what I kind of like. It's the old WCW feel. There was nothing wrong with it. I think people are, I wouldn't say burnout, but for me, the the overproduced WWE product at times is nice and refreshing, but other times when they're trying to be raw and that kind of feel, it, it falls so flat that it's refreshing to see it actually pulled off. Yeah, and I like. I mean, if you look. Um, sometimes impact, like if you look at, was it last week's impact where like, um, Eddie Edwards breaks into his own home apparently. And then, um, his wife clears out all his stuff and then he looks in the mirror and Sammy Callahan's in the mirror like that. Like that's cheese just enough. Yes. But I mean, I think that works with impact. If WWE does that, it's going to be like, all right, but it, it works with us. Cause you know, sometimes we go outside of the box and people are okay with that because it's like, Oh, that's a nice little cool produced segment. Like, and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think people like that. Um, another thing you get the picture I sent you, uh, not too long ago of LAX. Yes. So I love this. And I, I texted Sanjay and I don't even know if I got a response from him. Yet. We might've talked about and- it last week. I told him last week. Did we talk about this last week? I think we talked a little Maybe. bit about it because it's the second so, time that's happened. Yeah, and I'm going through the show again, and at 51 minutes and 50 seconds, at 51:50, guess who's on? You know, the screen. It's LAX doing another backstage promo, or they're doing a package on it. And I'm like, I think Sanjay is like purposely like, hey guys, listen, when you guys like package this together and everything and splice it up, LAX. A package promo or something of theirs, they have to be on at 51 minutes, 50 seconds. Just got to do it. And I'm like, what's, so it's like a little Easter egg that I find every single week. Uh, funny to me, not funny to anybody else. Well, you continue to giggle. I'll be quiet for a second. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love finding stuff like that. I'm like, huh. It's, it's the little things in life, Dennis. I, no, I agree. I tell you, it's been. I'm excited for these St. Clair shows. I I hope that they come back to that arena more often. I understand it's probably not going to be the same after you keep going back to the well a little bit, but it was it was refreshing. As a, I guess you you would almost kind of call me a fan of Impact now. I, I'm more familiar with the product. I go out of my way to now start watching it, but. It's good to see the crowd finally behind the product, or you go to a place like that. Yeah, I th- I thought it was great, and if they do it right, because when Scott when he runs his border, that's where he runs Border City Wrestling. When he runs those Border City Wrestling shows, he pretty much runs two big shows a year, like maybe a, a six months apart. We'll just say whenever they fall, like eight, or like March and October or whatever. So if he does it right, you know, we just filmed there in June. If we could come back there in, like, let's say, December or something, I think the fans would be like, oh, I can't wait for Impact to come back. If we did it every month, it definitely wouldn't work. But if we tour around and then come back in December to that, I mean, I, I think 
for years the fans would like pack that place and be into it and 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 eat it up pretty much let's see here you guys will be doing your next set of tapings in toronto do you know where they are after toronto uh no so i know we have slammiversary in toronto at that rebelplex i believe that's the 22nd and then we got the tv tapings 23rd and 24th um the next ones i don't know if these are tentatively or set in stone uh are in august it's the weekend of it's like around the 12th 13th 14th i don't my calendar up so it's around that weekend um and then moving forward i think in september i should have i should have pulled it all up September, it's like uh, the 14th and 15th, and then we're already, uh, October's already bound for glory, and I believe that's going to be like, oh boy, um, I don't want to say it's the 16th, but like right around the 16th might be a couple days before or after, like that's that Sunday, and then we'll just do the tapings two days after that, so um, yeah, that's that's what we have planned for the tv tapings so it's almost like uh it's going to be a monthly thing pretty much two days film for four possibly more um shows depending on if there's four thursdays in a month or five thursdays in a month our good friend over at knockdown media just sent me a tweet and wanted me to ask you here's the question uh if you're still recording spd why trevor lee is more or less an enhancement guy now the dude is a god in the carolina indies yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I wish I had an answer for that because I, I was watching the the Rich Swan and Trevor Lee match, and Trevor's just—I mean, he's so good, man. Just he's so good. I mean, he's that heel that's like, and, and it's not that he's enhancement. Like he's that heel that. Uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna fight him and beat him before you go on to challenge for the X Division title. I think he's at at that. It's not like yo, you're the first guy he beats, even though it's Rich Swan's first match. Um, but you know it is Rich Swan. I don't know, but I, I I agree. Trevor's so good and he's such a good heel and he's so good in the ring and stuff. Um, I I don't know why. If I had a a list of four. I'll keep it a four. And I and think of it while I I tell you my four of dream. And I, I don't want to use the word dream because I think it could be a reality if we really, really wanted it. But four impact wrestlers you want to interview. Uh, Eli Drake would be number one on my list. I, I talk about him every week. And congratulations, by the way, on signing a contract extension with impact for Eli. I don't know if you heard the news, Petey. Yes, I did. Um, so that's good news. I mean, Eli's, uh, hopefully they get back on track with him and stuff, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him um, coming up, like at Slamversary and all that kind of stuff. I don't have the particulars for that, but do you have any, you know, years, weeks, How months? long or yeah. anything? I have no idea. It could have been extended for like, oh, uh, this next set of tapings. <laughs> that- I mean, that's what it could have been, or it could have been extended for two years, six months. Uh, I don't know. They're 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 doing. They're, they're giving talent a lot more leeway with their own schedule and stuff like that. Almost like, yeah, you know, you're you're contracted with us for these dates. Here's our TV tapings, and this is you'll be with us. When you're not with us, you can do whatever you want, kind of deal. You um, you can show up on other TV. Yeah, and you look at Austin Aries, right? He shows up at what Ring of Honor. T- he shows up everywhere, pretty much, like everywhere. He has so many belts and stuff like that. Um, you know, he calls himself the belt collector. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you could do whatever. It just you know, when it comes to our dates, you have to be there for our dates. That's that's the deal. And I think talent loves it, and I think that's that's the right direction that. Uh, that the impact should be going. I mean, I don't think they're in the, I don't think they're in the position to say, okay, we want this guy. You have to be exclusive to us. Cause when you make somebody exclusive, you got to pay them a lot of money to say, Hey, you can't work anywhere else except for us. And I don't think they're in a position to be able to do that. So we're like, okay, well, you're not exclusive to us. Just work these dates for us. And then when you're not doing that, you know, you can do whatever you want. 
Also, and also why would you that, why would you pay somebody a ton of money if you're only really recording TV what uh, a few times a year? Well, so for example, um, one of the things I had to do was uh, not the last set of TV tapings, but the, the last ones in Orlando. Um, Tommy Dreamer came out to me and he said, "Hey, we need." You know, we have this uh, serious XM radio show uh, tomorrow morning at whatever time. He's like, I need uh, two guys down there to uh, record the times would be like 10 and 1030 or it might be 10 and 11 or something like that. It'll be a half hour segments. So I'm like, all right, gives me the address and all that stuff. He's like, just let me know what two guys you got. I'm like, all right. So I go to other people in the office. I'm like, hey, who's under contract? They tell me. And I'm like, all right. So I picked uh, Eli and Moose. So when you're under an exclusive deal like that, you know, they, you can pretty much tell them like, hey, you have to do this media appearance. You're under contract. So when I said to Eli and Moose, I'm like, hey, uh, you got to do this radio thing at this time tomorrow. And I'm giving them like, what, 12 hours notice pretty much. Mm-hmm. It may be like more 16 hours notice. And they're like, okay. I mean, they can't say no because that's like a breach of a contract. Like they're they're under contract. I couldn't go up to somebody that's not under contract. Like, hey, uh, I, I don't know. Like they couldn't come up to me and say, Petey, we need you to do this thing tomorrow. I'd be like, no, because I'm not going to do it. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that that's the benefit of having people under exclusive deals because you can make them do media stuff or you can uh, you can actually go out and book them on independent shows. And, and 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 say, yeah, you're going to be working at, I don't know, uh, Destiny Wrestling on this day. Um, be there. We booked you there. And then, you know, Impact will work out the deal with Destiny and how the money and all that kind of stuff. So it's good to have exclusive people under the deals because you have control over them. Hmm. I wish yeah, I had you under that right? kind of, Yeah, I wish I had you under that kind of deal. <laughs> um. We're getting there, man. We're, we're still negotiating. It's been a year and a half negotiation, but we're almost getting there. And you got to remember, like, when I used to be with Impact, it was like, you know, you're – they pretty much had everybody under contract. So, like, they could pick and choose who they want to send where, which was great for me because if everybody's under contract, and like, by the time it gets to me, they already be like, oh, yeah, we want to send Kurt Angle and Sting and all these other guys. I'm like, great. I don't have to do anything, right? So, I mean um, – it was great. Even though I was under that deal, I didn't really have to do much. I, I had a cool week, by the way. I know I'm jumping around, and I didn't want to forget oh, this yeah. thought. So I had my first wrestling interview uh, when I was over in the world of fantasy football. I, I would probably say twice a night I would do guest appearances on radio shows or podcasts. I would, I'm always doing interviews. So I've learned the art of being interesting for five to six minutes it's it's there's actually an art to it because you have to answer be insightful but you have to know when to shut up so they can ask the next question and then still have time to promote and promote super quick so you're not oh here he goes again he's promoting everything you 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 pick and choose well uh, this radio station out of st louis espn 101 reached out and said hey we have a podcast it's a wrestling podcast down goes frazier would you come on it's like yeah sure and god bless him i love the guy very nice guy i'm a fan of his podcast but i we talked a little bit about wrestling but the interview and i love it because it was so tell me about pd so tell me about james ellsworth (laughs) so so I, I, I got to do that. So I, I promoted you. Oh, well, thank you very much. And James, right? And, and James, yes. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm sure if I was on a fantasy football podcast, they'd be like, so, Petey, tell us, uh, what does Dennis think about uh, this running back for this year? Uh, do you think he'll go? I'm like, oh, okay. You know, if that's something we talk about, I'd, give, I'd spill the beans, I guess. But, uh, I mean, I mean – I get, you have some wrestling stories to tell now. I'm getting you know, there. You've been backstage, and you, you you have a handful. You have enough that I think it could fill five or six minutes of interesting, um, you know, uh, listening. <laughs> you know, there, there, there are, <laughs> that is the most amazing backhanded compliment I've ever heard, by the way. That was great. 
<laughs> you maybe can fill three minutes of, of, no, of an you, interview. You but, said you had like five or six minutes, and there's an art. So I'm like, yeah, you could definitely fill five or six minutes. I, 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 I would bet money on that. Yeah, definitely. One day, there, there are stories that I want to tell that I can't tell because of people that we're associated with, and mm-hmm. and when those ties get severed, whether it's you or me. I'm being as vague as possible. I cannot wait to tell stories because they're so funny and sad at the same time. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Maybe one time. Oh, you know, you should write all this down because you will forget. Because, I mean, sometimes, man, you just will forget. Start logging stuff. I, that's one thing that I wish that I started doing like 18 years ago is like pretty much like making a log, writing down uh every match and all this kind of stuff because i forget man i forget like i don't know how guys will go on twitter and be like uh, you know as of today i've had 1432 matches and uh, all this kind i've worked in this like they keep track of everything and i'm like man i wish i was smart enough to do that but i didn't know when i started 18 years ago i didn't think i'd be doing it 18 years later like i or, or or got where I, I I was, so I'm telling you, Dennis. Like, you're you're new to this. Um, start logging everything that happens to you in pro wrestling. Uh, I'll start doing that. Whether right now. W- yeah, w- whether like nothing happens, um, you know, in the future, or if everything happens, it'll be great. So you go back and just yeah, that's something I wish. Like, I, I if I had one regret in wrestling, that's what it would be. All right. I think you're right, and I want to start writing some things down. Not that I'm going to write a tell-all book, but I may do a tell-all podcast, and I think that would be fun. Hopefully, there's going to be some more stories to tell between you and I and going to shows and doing fun things, but let's get on to some wrestling talk. I think we've done a little bit, but my new obsession now is the Squared Circle on this subreddit uh, I love the site. I don't know. It's basically a wrestling message board from Reddit. And I go through, and I've decided, PD, on weeks that we don't really have a lot uh, to talk about, I want to go through and just talk about some of the posts on there in, in comments because these guys are so fun and insightful. It's great. Okay. Well, is that what we're doing right now? No, I just thought I'd tell you about it on a podcast oh. and then let <laughs> <Okay>. it be. <laughs> I was excited for a second. I'm like, oh wow, okay, something new. I'm like, this is this is exciting. Um, yes, Petey, we're gonna yeah, do it game. now. Um, yeah, if we if we took a couple minutes and read a couple of the posts and uh, see what comes of it, I mean, and that's the thing. If it works, great. If you know, if it, if it doesn't, and then it doesn't. That's like, it's, it, we we throw something in the wall. If it sticks, let, let's do it. Well, this one that I decided to pick up, and we're going to read a couple more because there's one on our podcast buddy, James Ellsworth, that I think it'd be fun to read and talk about. may not be popular, but it'll be fun for me and you and maybe Mm -hmm. James. Anyways, the one subject from Jimmy the Hendrix is what are the iconic moments from the ruthless aggression era? Not the attitude, but the ruthless aggression. And he starts out with the attitude error had the Austin Bear truck fully fallen off his cell, Cade's debut, etc. For the ruthless aggression era, post-WrestleMania 17 to about 2008-ish, I want to know what moments, uh, if it's been long enough, the dust has settled, are iconic. Uh, One I can definitely think of, he says, is the first money in the bank cash in by Edge? Um, man, I don't even know what year that was. Or when did I don't even know when Money in the Bank started? I mean, I got to do some research on this stuff. Who did he cash in on? Undertaker or something? I I don't remember off the top of my head. One of us should Google it. I I mean I yeah I would assume the first Money in the Bank cash in. Edge won the first Money in the Bank. Is that is that for real? <laughs> that you, that I, I mean, I, I, he's just like I mean. I, obviously, I'm assuming he done his research. I mean, I have so many questions, but yeah, I would say the first Money in the Bank cash in um, would probably be iconic. I mean, or there's been so many cash ins since then. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what else would be like iconic. Um, I remember post WrestleMania 17, WrestleMania 18 with uh, The Rock and Hogan. Like I remember that being a huge moment in professional wrestling. Uh, man, I don't know. Here's an I, article I, from uh, WWE.com. All 19 Money in the Bank cash-ins ranked. So apparently there's been 19. At number 19 is Baron Corbin uh, from 2007, 17. Number 18 was John Cena from 2012. The, okay. Let's see, Damian Sandow from 2013. That was a thing. Yep. Uh, sitting number 16 was Jack Swagger, 2010. Yeah. Okay. 15, CM Punk. 2009. Wow, okay, that's number fourteen. Alberto Del Rio, Del Rio at uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. Number thirteen, CM Punk, 2008. Number twelve, uh, 2007, Edge. That was on okay. the Undertaker. Uh, there was a tie for ten and eleven with Randy Orton. Uh, 2013 and Sheamus in 2015. Man, I, I forgot those two even won Money in the Bank. Okay. Uh, Carmella got one, of course, in 2018. Daniel Bryant in 2011. He won? Yep. That was number oh. eight. Number okay. seven, Kane in 2010. I, I had no idea he won too. Okay. Number six, 2006, Rob Van Dam. Okay. Yeah, that was against Cena at like uh, their uh, one night only pay per view. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember that one. Edge in two thousand six won one. Okay. Let's see here. Does it say it does? Uh, this article doesn't tell me who uh, he did it versus John Cena. Number four, okay. The Miz. Oh, okay. Miz did it in two thousand ten. Number three, Dean Ambrose in twenty sixteen. Uh, I remember that one, yep. Number two, Dolph Ziggler in 2013. I remember that one too, yep. That was post-WrestleMania. And number one, Seth Rollins in 2015 on WrestleMania night. That Yeah, that was the, the Lesnar reigns. Yeah. Those, okay. I mean, I don't know. I, was, I don't know if I... But the, the top ones, like the, the top three, four, I actually remember those ones. So those would probably be the top cash-ins i would say others i was like i don't even know that guy won money in the bank there were um, a couple i i, told but I remember the the lower ones too like i remember baron corbin winning and not winning the title like totally not getting it i remember uh like uh damian sandow winning and him not cashing it in and all that stuff so it's almost like i wonder what happens in the booking they're like okay you're winning money in the bank and I don't know if something goes south between them. It's like, eh, you know, the fans aren't uh, reacting the way we want him to react, so we're just going to have him lose it. Like, we're not going in that direction anymore. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it all plays out. So it's, it's interesting. Um, so you never know, like, when somebody wins money in the bank, you're like, oh, that guy, is that guy getting a push? Or is it like, oh, is he going to be one of those duds that doesn't get it, like, doesn't actually cash it in? So, um which I don't, Braun Strowman won this year, so obviously, th- this is this is my feeling. Can we can we go off topic, but still stay on Money in the Bank a little bit? I'm all ears. Okay, so this whole thing with like Lesnar and all that kind of stuff, I think they're trying to do a storyline spin on it, where you know he's not going to drop the title or something like that. Um, I can see like Lesnar against Reigns as like Lesnar's last match, so everybody thinking he's going to drop the title to Reigns. And Lesnar wins, swerves everybody, and then Braun Strowman comes out and cashes it in and beats Lesnar. I mean, that'd be some good television, I think. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people might see that coming, but I think a lot of people would be a lot more happier if Braun Strowman got the belt over Roman Reigns. You know, I I think it's going to be another one of those... Maybe finally Roman Reigns slays the beast, and then you get the cash in to ruin this parade. And that would be okay too. As the booze okay. come raining down, 
And I would even take it so far as to have Roman Reigns leave the ring, start walking up the ramp, just to throw mm-hmm. people off to sell it, and then boom, the cash in. And then, what if WWE did this? The cash in happens, and then Reigns beats Braun Strowman. Oh, how pissed would the fans be? <laughs> wow, uh, I they're gonna have to helicopter him out because they're gonna riot. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the way WWE looks at it, it's like, hey, we're, we're getting good heat, you know? Like, Whoa. oh man, wow! I this think, will be interesting to see how it plays out. I think you just had half the people stop listening to this podcast with that suggestion. <laughs> other, by the way, let's go back to other ruthless aggression error moments: the live sex celebration, the what? live sex celebration with Edge and Lita. Remember that? Oh, I remember that. And I think actually, uh, like, didn't didn't they see, like, Lita's boob or something like that? Possibly. Um, I'm going back to look if so. uh, I don't remember. But I I remember vaguely that happening. I don't know what they were celebrating. Maybe a title win or something. But I remember them being in the middle of the ring on, like, a heart-shaped bed maybe or something. Yep. Um. Oh, were, were they celebrated? Was this the whole Matt Hardy incident? I remember that being pretty epic at the time. I think this was after it, and Edge had just okay. won a championship. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember that being, a, like, what I remember the most, like, out of the Edge thing is him and Matt Hardy, like, having that heat, and then Matt Hardy showing up. Man, I've never seen Matt Hardy more over in my life. Like, they put, that was one of the, like, the first like real life things that happen backstage and they, 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 they put it on television and made a storyline out of it. I remember because like, I, I don't think at the time WWE was convinced that everybody read the internet <laughs> <laughs> and when people, I know, right. But this is years ago, but when people were like chanting for Matt Hardy and stuff like that and everything, it's like, wow, people, people know what's happening behind the scenes. It's kind of like a big wake up call. And then, yeah, then the storyline played out. But I remember that being a huge, huge thing. Would you have you ever been in a locker room where there is some sort of heat like that between two people, and it's just so awkward being in there? Yeah, we and we talked about this in the podcast with the whole uh, Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle, Karen Jarrett thing. Mm-hmm. I, I talked about. It. I remember when that had happened. Um, they had a security guard, or, or not even a security guard, some some sort of uh, employee personnel. Would you would Their you job, say would you say a job or what, dressed as a security guard? <laughs> yes. So it was a stage, an extra <laughs> dressed as a security guard. No. So this is uh, <laughs> that'd be great though. Um, no, they gave uh, whoever they were assigned, like they gave them a radio and. They put somebody with Karen, somebody with Kurt, and somebody with Jeff, and uh, they pretty much made sure that. Uh, and they all they gave them all radios, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I'm with uh, this is this is Karen's. I, I don't really use codes or anything. Like that. This is Eagle. We're at uh, catering right now. Okay, Eagle, over. You know, we're uh, this is uh, you know Domino. We're in the bathroom. Like, and they're just communicating to make sure that that none of them, or at least like Jeff and Kurt couldn't be around each other. And like maybe Karen and Kurt couldn't be around each other. Like just making sure that they wouldn't run into each other and we'd have a problem or anything like that. Mm, That's yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I I didn't really know that was happening. Like I, I knew it was happening and you could see it, but it didn't really make it awkward. Like, I mean, I guess it was awkward, because you like when you saw Kurt, Karen, or Jeff, you, you you were like, "Hey, how's it going?" Just pretending everything's normal when you clearly know it's not. Like, I mean, that was the only awkward part of it. Um, but I mean, that that didn't last for too long. I'm trying to think how that ended up playing out. That uh, there was well, a they ended up making a storyline out yep. of it. So I mean, and everything's cool now. So whatever uh, other moments uh you have 
let's see, Joey Matthews gets beat in the face by a ladder. Yeah, I I felt so bad for Joey. Um, yeah, yep, I remember that. Let's see here. You had the Mexicals. I don't really really remember that. Uh, they were they were like pretty much like Juventud and like I don't know if it was Chavo or, or whatever. It, it was pretty. I don't think you could do that now on television, um, just because we're so politically correct. But I, I think they put the Mexicals like. They they had them like come down on like uh, I don't even think they were John Deere tractors. They called them like Juan Deere tractors. Oh, and yeah, and they had like I don't know if they had overalls on or something. Like totally made them like stereotypical Mexicans. Like oh, they cut my grass or whatever. Uh, so couldn't do that now, um, but back then you know, I guess it was okay to do that. Um, but I remember that. Yep. Batista given the thumbs down. I don't. I, I remember the moment vaguely. Uh, he had the clipboard in his hand, and I don't really remember what it uh, pertained to. But it was. I think it was his face turn, and he gives the thumbs down to uh, Flair in Triple H. Yeah, uh, but I. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that was kind of the era where I was in and out of wrestling, where I'd watch it and I'd take some weeks off. It, I, I missed a lot of stuff that during those years. Uh, the unmasking of Kane that came into the ruthless aggression era. Uh, yep, I remember that. The ring breaking suplex. Oh, uh, with maybe Big Show and Lesnar. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, they've done that since, like with uh, Big Show and, and Braun Strowman. Yeah. So. Which isn't fun. Uh, when you go back to the well like that yet again, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, when John when John Cena said ruthless aggression, that started it. Nah. <laughs> uh, the moment for sure, followed by the slap of Angle's face. This was Cena's debut. Oh, this the debut of Cena. Um, I don't think anybody remembers that. It's just that they play it so many damn times now, like. But, only because okay, Cena has Cena. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, nobody remembers. I don't remember that debut. I, don't I, I really don't. What else is there? Brock Lesnar, F5, and Zach Gowan into the ring post? I remember that. Just because, you know, Zach's a buddy of mine, so I remember. And that's the thing. When you when you have a, a guy you grew up on the indies with and, and, and working against and working next and all that kind of stuff, when they make it, you kind of pay particularly close attention to everything that they do just because you're happy for them and all that stuff. So everything Zach did, I, I, I kind of remember. And I remember, you know, his storyline with uh, Lesnar and stuff. And, that yeah, they put him on uh, like a stretcher pretty much, like one of those like hard stretcher boards. And, uh, oh, no, no, did he swing him in there? So he F5'd him in the, in the ring post. And then I, I want to see like swung him. I don't know if he did that to Rey Mysterio. And he did it to Zach Allen as well. I don't remember it. Yeah, but I, I remember giving him the F5 into the ring post. Let's see here. Uh, Shawn Michaels hitting Sweet Chin music on Shelton Benjamin in mid-flight. I, uh, I, I remember that one. Uh, Shelton goes to do the springboard off the ropes and boom, hits him in mid-air. Something you see. Every single indie match now, I guess. Mm. Wow, you really buried that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, hey, you know what else happened in the Ruthless Aggression Era? What? First ever Canadian Destroyer happened. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. You know, now, you, now you see it every, every single show now. You, you know, here's the problem. Your name what? is first on the podcast. You're way more <laughs> famous than me. And you still had to put yourself over during the Ruthless Aggression. <laughs> I guess so. Wow. Um, I didn't even know it was called the Ruthless Aggression era until tonight. Honestly. Wow, Petey. Do, do you have no shame? None, I guess. Let's see here. A few more news and notes before we wrap up this podcast. It looks like there's a chance NXT might be heading to Fox Sports 1 also. Really? So is, oh man. So 
is WWE going to be on like Fox, Fox, like our like Channel Two, like Fox? No, or... no, Fox Sports One. That's kind of uh, their ESPN. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. I mean, so I guess Fox Sports is going to like really, okay, you know, almost like every single night of the week, we're going to have some sort of WWE programming. It, it seems like that's what they're going to do because if they have like NXT, um, you know, Raw, I don't know if this is, I'm still not sure about this move. Monetary wise, obviously WWE is taking the money, but I don't, for viewerships, you know, I, I want to say more people watch the USA Network like a casual like person rather than Fox sports. I mean, you actually people that watch Fox sports, like a sports network are actual sports fans. And I don't think a lot of like, I, I know if you, if you talk to a lot of wrestlers, um, a lot of wrestlers don't watch any other sport. They just watch wrestling. They're not into a lot of other sports. I mean, I wouldn't say all of them, but like uh, I would say at least half of them. So and even like uh, wrestling fans, they watch wrestling. They don't watch a lot of other sports. Um, so I don't know if this is a good move. But you know, the, NXT on a on a network, that's a big deal because you're going from being on a WWE network to actually being on television now. So that's that's huge. Here's my thoughts as a fan. I don't like flicking around having to look for certain programming. It, our, my schedule set. I like Monday and Tuesday we're on SmackDown. I have the rest of the week to live. If they move SmackDown to Friday nights, it could be the death of SmackDown. You look at the history of SmackDown. When SmackDown yep. was on Thursday nights, I think it was pretty successful there when it was live, right? And I, it once again... I'm pleading ignorance here, so don't throw the book at me. I don't remember, but there was a period when it was on Thursday nights. I think there was a period when it was on like a Friday, and sometimes it was taped. Or then I don't remember. I'm sure there's somebody out there throwing their phone across the room going, Dennis, you're an idiot. I get it. Trust me. But SmackDown has never been more successful when it was live and when mm -hmm. it was early in the week, in my opinion. Yeah, SmackDown's been on, what, Tuesday, Thursdays, Fridays? I mean, <laughs> that's half of the days of the week that's been on. Um, and yeah, any wrestling show is better live than when it's it's taped. So going to a Friday, man, you know, I don't think it's good. Um, here's, yeah, and especially it's going to have to be taped as well. Here's what I want to see. And I, I know I have this in the network now. But I want to see early Saturday morning wrestling or like in Georgia. I don't know how it was with you. When I was living in Georgia in my younger years, it, it was Saturday night at 11 o'clock at night. There was a block of four hours of wrestling and I had, the Whoa, little, that's awesome. Yeah. And four I had hours? That's four, great. four hours of wrestling and, and uh, you know it was mid south, and you know all these little clips and shows from all these little indie, you know, the southern promotions. I I remember, you know, uh, it would start off with you know I need a hero, and that was the start of it. And it, I'd watch it on my black and white TV in my bedroom. Not that I'm dating myself a little bit. But I'm forty. I you know when you're a kid, sometimes you just get the hand me down TV. Yep, that, I know that feeling. That was my life. I didn't even know that show was in color for so long because you know your parents are up watching TV and you, you get the table scraps when they go to bed, or you can you know go upstairs and watch on your black and white TV. That's what I miss, and I would love to see that again. Of just you know, on Saturday night, tune into Access or whatever, and there's five hours of wrestling from different promotions. It that would be so amazing because I'm up late now that I'm an adult or Saturday or Sunday morning, you know, you get up before the kids get up, you turn it on and you know, you're going to see some throwback, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan, or you're going to see a review of what you may have missed. Yeah, no, I mean, I am in the same boat as you, Dennis. Like I, I love that when I was younger, but because it, it was exciting. And that's when, when I don't know if it was because I was a kid or or what 
Uh, and I got it as a kid, you get excited about things a little bit easier than you do as an adult. But, you know, I, I got excited for stuff like that. You had to tune in to watch. There was no YouTube. There was no network. There was no all this content at your fingertips and stuff like that. Like if anybody wanted, they can download our podcast. Like can you imagine if we were like, oh, yeah, you have to listen to it live at whatever, nine o'clock at night. Like people would get probably more excited about it than like, ah. I'll just wait, you know, I put it in my queue or, or whatever the case may be. Um, there's really no sense of urgency now, uh, nowadays, even with pay-per-views. Like I know like before, like pay-per-views, I'm like, I got to watch it. I have to watch the pay-per-view now, or I have to wait until tomorrow to watch the replay or, or whatever. No, I mean, now you can watch it any time that you want on the network. So, I mean, we kind of, you know, the, 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 the company killed itself pretty much like just by putting all this content out. So there's no sense of urgency when there's no sense of urgency, there's no sense of excitement. And that's where we're at right now. But yeah, Dennis, I, I do miss those days. It, it, can I just throw this out there? Cause we're still working through this, uh, not this coming week, the 4th of July week, but the week after you and I are going, I'm going to bring over my podcast stuff to your house and we're going to record live together we're either going to go through and do a watch along with a pay-per-view or we're going to pick a couple matches we're not sure we're going to work it out over the uh, holiday and figure out how we want to do this because i would love to hang out with you pd williams for three hours you on the other hand don't want to do it like that um that's that's what i did i say that Oh, I think I you didn't implied. say it like that, but that's the message that I was portraying. It seems like it. Um, well, when you say, <laughs> "Do we really have to do a whole pay per view?" That's a pretty clear message that you don't want to do a whole pay per view. Well, so here's the thing with uh, pay per views. Say it's three out. Well, now the pay per views are like uh, four hours. It seems like three and a half. We and there's a lot of, of build up in between uh, pay per views that they. T- I don't know. It just and some of the matches are it. It's really hard to see a pay per view. Can, can I say front this? to back? It's like this is awesome. If we get two people to tweet that they want to watch a long pay per view, will you do it then? Two people. Two people. Yeah, sure. Really? And it, yeah, it can't be Russ and Steve though. No, they'll probably end up here watching it with us. <laughs> At least one of them. I um, I don't yeah. like them both together in the same room. We'll pick one of them to take. But yes. <laughs> If you're listening, two people, all you have to do is tweet tweet us and say, yes, I want to do a watch-along. And then maybe we'll figure out which pay-per-view. I would like to do one of the older ones. And I'm talking maybe early 90s, mid-90s-ish. But who knows? Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to choose from. I don't even know where to start. I mean, we almost had to pick a year first, or like pick like uh, we got to figure it out, Dennis. I mean, there's <laughs> we got to you know what have to figure it out. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If we get the two people to tweet, tweet you and say yes, I want to do a pay per view watch along with you guys. I will let you pick three pay per views you want to watch, maybe four. And throw it up on a Twitter poll and let the people vote, PD. Oh yeah, that's actually okay. Good, good. We're we're working this out. That's that sounds we're good. Work. And and plus, here's another thing I haven't even approached you with, and this might be a 2019 venture, but I want to throw it out there to just kind of take the temperature of you and them. I want to do a live show, PD, and we probably won't get it done in 2018 since it's already summertime. But, boy, I would like to start planning, whether it's at a bar or a place somewhere in Michigan, that you and I, we sit down and, and do a fun show, maybe, you know, get a guest, and, and just talk wrestling and do kind of a Q&A kind of thing. Yeah, or almost like we can commentate an indie show that we're at or something like that live. There's a lot of stuff we can do with that. See, you, I think we could easily do an indie show. Hey, uh, on this indie show, give me the mic. I want to do it live. I think there's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah easily. And we need to go back to an indie show. We haven't been one in, what, four, six months now? 
Um, no, we did one. Where was that one in New York? That was a few months ago. Oh, that was. Okay, I forgot about that one. Yeah. That was such a disaster. I blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> hey, I loved it. It was great. Well, for one of us. Um, I do have one coming up in August. Really? Uh, Where? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if they announced it yet. I don't know if I'm a surprise or whatever. Um, so let's... Can you, uh, can you just say well, what town? Um, it's in Canada. Okay. Then that's all I need to know. Yeah, so... Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out, and then I'll... I'll, I'll, we could talk about it once I figure it out. See, that's 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 communication, PD. That's what we're doing together. We're growing. Yep. So okay, well, we put in a good podcast. It's been, it's you know, here's the problem, and I I've, I've fallen into this rut a little bit where it's tough to go through some of this news and try to pretend I'm interested in some of it. You know what I mean? Because some of the news that all the wrestling sites pick up, I go, yeah, I don't care. I, I, I don't care. Here, let me let me pull up a site real quick, and I will give you prime example of the the internet wrestling news community has gone. It's almost like the twenty four hour news cycle. Um, let's see here. Uh. Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey, uh, discussed to be the main event at Money in the Bank. I don't care. I want it to be. I think it would be great. But I don't want to sit down and talk to you for 20 minutes about should it, shouldn't be, all the women's revolution. Of course it needs to be. That's a big match right there. Uh, yeah, and it's a title match. So, yeah, okay. Uh, let's see here. Mick Foley on what Vince McMahon told him after the Hell in Cell in 1998. All right, first of all. 20 years ago, okay. Yeah, first of all, that's 20 years ago. Second of all, it's something that's been discussed a million times. Mick Foley talks about it openly on like every podcast he does when that question's asked. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what are some other ones? Uh, news on Brock Lesnar. Uh, okay, Brock Lesnar, great. It's a storyline. Get over it, people. Uh, you know... WWE superstars still working through injury. Everybody in wrestling is banged up, PD, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say yes, definitely, especially with Nakamura and his dog bites. I mean, he's banged up, but he's not working through it. So. And, and we're going to talk about that here for a second. But but here's another one. Stacy Kubler gives birth to a second child. Oh, my gosh. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. I, I mean, you don't want to downplay a, a kid, but she hasn't been in the wrestling industry for quite some time. But, hey, maybe it was a slow news day. Who knows? Uh, Gene Sinitsky retires from wrestling. I thought he's been retired. I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too. I haven't, I haven't heard from him in a very long time. All right. As we wrap up this podcast, I do want to talk about this uh, Nakamura dog bite. You have a friend... And I asked you to reach out to him who is in the the law profession, the law industry. I, what would you call it? The uh, protection industry or the what is it? Law enforcement. Yeah, there you go. The law enforcement as I had a stroke. You, you you have a friend. I asked you to reach out to him who handles dogs. I, I don't know uh, anything about bomb sniffing dogs, but I guess apparently the story is. And, and you know, James Ellsworth confirmed it yesterday on the podcast that – Nakamura was at ringside. The bomb sniffing dogs walking around the ring. Nakamura makes a jittery move and the dog bites him. I don't know where, how bad it was, but he was walking with a limp and they held him off TV. Did you talk to your buddy that handled his dogs for me? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things. <laughs> jittery move. Um, so here's the thing. When uh, explosive detection dogs, when they're trained, right, they're trained specifically to be okay around people uh, for this very reason. Like you don't want, you know, and I take like, uh, let's say you're at like a big NFL game or something like that. And obviously they send the dogs in there prior to every game and, you know, sniff the arena to make sure that, you know, there's no bombs in there because that's a, that's a big thing. And you don't want like a Tom Brady to be walking by and be like, oh, that's a nice little dog. And he reaches his hand out and then it gets bit. 
right? So they, they, they train their dogs to be okay around people and be very social. Every chance that they get, they try to socialize them. Um, now, I mean, I don't know if a dog feels that it's provoked, they're also trained to, to protect themselves. Like there's, there's, um, one, you know, university of Michigan handler that I know, like their, their dog will bite. Like, you know, like they're, they're, they're trained to like track bad guys too and, and bite them. Um, but they're also like very social where you can also pet them and they're very friendly. Um, but if they feel provoked, then they're going to get bit. So I don't know, like we know how Nakamura acts in the ring. So if he's like pantomiming how he's going to act, say he's working out his match, whatever, and he makes that jittery move, the dog could take that as like, you know, Nakamura being aggressive towards the dog. Um, I don't, was Nakamura teasing the dog? Like trying to be like, oh, watch this, guys. This will be funny. I don't know either. Um, All we know is that he got, he made a jittery move and he got bit. Um, now, what's the point of, and this is what really gets me, all these wrestlers, I don't know how many wrestlers are by ringside, but at least Nakamura is. Nakamura is that ringside. What's the point of them sniffing the ring for explosives when there's already people there? Usually they do it like when it's empty prior to, like, no, I mean, now it's like, there's already people there. Like, why are you sniffing this ring that it, it doesn't make sense to me? Um, I'm glad so there, there's a lot of things in question on this. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a lawsuit. Um, well, I'm glad. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been ringside with you at several events now. Uh, I've done it at a Ring of Honor event. I've done it at uh, Impact. I've done it at numerous indie shows. And in retrospect, looking back, never once in a million years would I expect to see a a police officer, especially one with a dog, while they're all in the ring working out their matches to walk around unless the police officer, and this is speculation, is a fan, is a super fan. And he thinks, yeah. well, this is going to be my chance to get up close and personal, maybe even talk to somebody. I'll use my dog as a conversation piece and it goes south. Yeah. Um, that, that could be it. There's so that, that could be it, Dennis. There's so much speculation. Like I don't even know where to be like, like for all I know that the dog was like actually doing his job, job Nakamura, like could been like, you know, made that jittery move or practice something right in front of the dog the dog thought he was being attacked and then uh, i don't know so much is in speculation now it just i i don't know why the 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 arena wasn't like or the the officers didn't clear the arena before you know of of explosives before anybody even got in there it doesn't make sense to have people actually in there before the job's actually done what if pd like what yeah. what if pd williams the dog bit Nakamura because he was the bomb. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> that, that is the worst pity laugh that you ever get. No, that's it. I mean, it's so cheesy. It actually works. I get it. I get it. We've, we've done, like, what, 70 podcasts, and I've been waiting to use that. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and here's the, here's the, the running joke. If a bomb dog goes up and sniffs you, you could say like, yeah, he sniffed me because I'm the bomb. Now, if a narcotics detection dog goes up and sniffs you, you'd say, oh, he found the dope. So, I mean, how do you want to play the joke? I don't know. But, I mean, there's always jokes in that. Can we end this podcast now, please? Yeah. But I I like that, the the bomb. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry you got bit. I want to – I actually am really interested to know how – bad it is because like when those dogs bite man like just look this up on youtube and stuff like they don't like they are biting you and they're on you uh so i don't know if it was just a nip but man like there's i want to know if anybody knows more information please let me know because i mean i want i want to know all right well there you go uh pd what do you have to promote uh well 
we have a uh, slam anniversary coming up with impact um july 22nd and the tv tapings afterwards and then uh we, we already talked about all the tv tapings coming up in the future and you can find me on twitter at ipd williams Head over to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. There you can get the podcast to go. There's links to everything. YouTube, I need to do a better job of posting YouTube videos, but it's up there. Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any place you get your podcast, that's where Wrestling Perspective Podcast is. You get two podcasts per week, one with P.D. Williams and myself. We call this the flagship show because... We're the original. We've been here. Then there's myself and James Ellsworth, who's back in the WWE, called the Duckcast. You get both podcasts there. Now, we still got a couple autograph pictures left that we're going to give away soon. And the way I'm going to do these next few ones are iTunes only. Go over to iTunes. You rate five stars. You leave a comment. Make it kind. Uh, you can talk about PD. You don't have to talk about me. And let's see and like it subscribe to the podcast i'll go through or we'll go through and pick the most entertaining comment from itunes to give the rest of the pictures away that's how we're going to do it congratulations for the people that have already won pictures i think we're going to save one for facebook only too so if you have facebook you're on facebook go to wrestlingperspectivepodcast.com go over there like it be part of the growing community as we said, you can follow P.D. Williams at IPD Williams, and you can follow me at Dennis77Farrell on Twitter. How's that? Was that good? Uh, that was great. Sarcasm. I like it. No, I mean, I, I couldn't do that to save the life of me. I think next podcast I'm going to make you do it. Um, I remember that one time I did do it with uh, Joe Pizapia is his name. Okay. Yes, and because we, we did that one that one time we were out of town, and I was like, "Man, I have to promote everything now." I'm like, <laughs> "I don't know." <laughs> I'm like, "That's Dennis's job, man." I don't know. So, you go on the internet and just look up PD Williams. Yeah, I mean that's that's the way. Like, if when people that I don't know are like are like, "You're a pro wrestler? What, what's your wrestling name?" It's PD Williams. Uh, well, what I'm like, you j- just go on Google and press and you. Type in Petey Williams, and then everything you want to know will be right there. I mean, that's that's it's so easy now. I mean, put in the Wrestling Perspective podcast uh, in the internet, and then you'll find everything you need to know there. Yeah, there you go, guys. WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. Thank you for listening. We're going to take the week off, but we'll give you some other content this week. Tell your friends. Don't forget. Have a great, safe holiday. Petey, say goodbye to people. Uh, happy Canada Day and happy Fourth of July. Goodbye. <laughs>